yesterday, but more importantly, I guess they were listening to the fast lane a few weeks ago when they we had our they chat. Sh- should have been listening yesterday. It was a great show. It was fantastic. Fast lane, Ned Lane, where you listen to podcasts to hear what Chai. Ty, Tracy, and Trey Lyle. That's just going to get me tongue-tied. So, wait. Way I'll, too easily. I, I will ask you this. Uh, and I know you're about to go into a point, but this is this is an important question. Oh, God. I can't wait. Because we drafted Halloween candy last night. Yes. And I know you don't eat candy that much. Um, but uh, if you had that number one pick in the Halloween candy draft, who, what would you take? I'm going to do a little gamesmanship here. No, like, you can just pick your favorite. Because Ty picked the right choice. I've got three options. Okay. Okay. One's a childhood option. I really don't eat any of these now, so it's not like one of them. One was Milk Duds growing up. Okay. Not a bad choice. Not Underrated. a bad, but it's not a favorite. The other two, neck and neck. Mini Butterfingers and mini Reese's peanut butter cup, okay. whatever it is. Right. Or You're Reese's good. pieces. You're covered. You're covered. Because top two picks are both Reese's. I, 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 I did the cop out. Uh, I took the PCs. He took... You heard it. But the peanut butter cup. He took you know, peanut butter cups, he, he, which is the clear one one. I it, mean, uh, I lump them all together because, I mean, I know they come in different shapes and sizes, but it all kind of hey, tastes the same. This is my favorite day of the year. Now that I've become an adult, uh, this is my favorite day of the year. It's my Halloween because then I go to the store and I buy the candy that's on sale. Yes, indeed. That's the smart solution, Trey, is to go there. It's and like the insane through. radio deals every day. It, it, it kind of is, except you can get great deals every day at InsaneRadioDeals.com, including ridiculous specials that compare to that candy Trey was talking about, like Liberty Flames football tickets, normally 70 bucks For you, $22.22 for a pair of tickets. That's well over 50% off the price, and they're good for, we still got time to you up for this Saturday's game against Louisiana Tech, 6 p.m. at Williams Stadium. Next Saturday against Old Dominion, 1 p.m. and also 1 p.m. two weeks from now, two-ish weeks from now, against UMass in the home finale. That's right after the Star City App Marathon and 10K a discount. You can also attain at InsaneRadioDeals.com. But the ACC, they had to have been listening to the fast lane and are mocking them among the many times we've done this over the last handful of months, including our chat Friday with Uncle Luke, Luther Campbell, front man for the two live crew, friend of ours here in the fast lane, and the fact that we would not be deterred, as our girl Melissa McCarthy would like to remind us, will not be deterred from having a great conversation with Luke, despite the fact that the ACC had totally butchered their most recent schedule, which the model lasted all of one year because they added SMU, Cal, and Stanford. But I'll give the ACC a lot of credit right now because outside of omitting NC State and North Carolina, which I consider to be a worthwhile rivalry, it's fun because they are so different as fan bases. And I get it. NC State, Wake Forest, they've got more history having both been in the Atlantic Division of the ACC. And Carolina Duke, we're in the Coastal Division, part of Coastal Chaos. And it's also Carolina Duke. And and it's the name brand of that rivalry. If you're talking about the football rivalry, I actually think Carolina and NC State and Duke-Wake Forest have produced the most compelling matchups and similar in the products and the way their programs have been constructed. By and large, NC State and North Carolina have been contenders. Granted, one is more blue-collar, ironically not the blue school, and one is more white-collar, definitely softer, powder blue, baby blue, North Carolina. Yeah, I think the problem is that Carolina, like you could argue... 
like NC State. They do North Carolina NC State is one of the annual protected rivalries. Oh, it is. Yeah. See, I looked at it and I did not Sorry, see that. Sorry, here it is. Because I, 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 Fire cop- away. I, I copied it from the ACC website. Okay, because so I, I must have misread that one. It's Boston College, Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, Syracuse, Pitt. So they just put all the North teams Great. together. Great. Put them all together. And then they put all the West teams together. Stanford, Cal, Stanford, SMU, and Cal, SMU. Great. Fewer games against them. All right. North Carolina, Virginia. I'm cool with that. One of the oldest rivalries in the South. The South's oldest rivalry. Yeah, what Georgia, what Georgia and Auburn often have the something deep, to say. Which is the Deep South's oldest rivalry, yeah, just that's to where add I, fun to it. That's where I get it confused. North but Carolina, what? Duke. Yep, North Carolina, NC State. Yep, glad they've got that NC on NC State, Wake, NC State, Duke. So they uh, okay. Duke, Wake Forest. So they took all the Carolina teams and paired them together. By and large, I think that is as correct as you could get. And then, of course, Virginia the- Tech. And then I, I didn't finish. Virginia Tech, uh, Virginia Florida State, Clemson, Miami, Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech. And and the reason why those matter is outside of Virginia playing Virginia Tech, it's the four biggest football brands in the ACC. I get Carolina as a school is a bigger brand than a place like Virginia Tech. 100% will admit that. Sorry, Trey. But from a football standpoint... Wait, all four Carolina schools are a bigger football no, brand no, than no, Virginia just, Tech? No, no, no. Just Carolina, North Carolina, okay. UNC is the bigger school brand that Virginia Virginia, Tech is a school brand. Yes, yes. So I will admit that. But from football branding standpoint, and we're talking about football scheduling here in the fast lane, they got it right. I mean, they got the rivalries protected. They didn't manufacture rivalries like that good old historical Louisville-UVA rivalry. Boy, just talk about animosity there. They couldn't do it where you would also, unless they wanted to increase conference games, they also did a kind of a, um, you know, kind of perfect kind of thing with how it's, what, seven years you'll play, uh, oh, you know, you'll play every opponent at least once. Within like, a seven-year time frame. Like twice. For, like, it'll be twice. But, but for example, Virginia Tech in North Carolina, it's going to be a few years before they play that rivalry. But if you're a fan of North Carolina... But that's not really a rivalry. Tech no, in North Carolina. No, it's much more of a recruiting rivalry. And it really just goes back to the Justin Fuente, Larry Fedora era. It's not a real rivalry in the sense of generations. Whereas... Clemson and Florida State. I mean, they've been the two bell cow programs in the conference. And, of course, they're synonymous with wanting to get out of the conference and perhaps blowing up the back end of this seven-year scheduling model. I get that there's an irony to this. Yeah, but but every class, I think, will play at least one each. Like, if you, starting next year, if you're a freshman, I think you'll play every ACC opponent the way it works out. All right, all right. Assuming, obviously, that first of all... It might not be it away, but you'll play every You'll You'll get to play everyone, assuming you don't transfer. That's a big assumption. And then, of course, assuming the conference looks the same by the back half of this seven-year agreement. Also, hardly a guarantee. But, look... This the, was better than what they had. The three, yeah, better. This is better than the 3-3-5 model. Trey, 100%. That which old, they really couldn't do the 3-3-5 model with this many teams. Not with this many. Keep the power, keep the most influential rivalries, quit worrying about manufacturing them, and don't pretend to be like our friends Daryl Hall and John Oates would remind us. Now it's you singing, Daryl Hall You're and welcome. John Oates. Uh, they just copied what the Big Ten did, which was a good move. And it, it's, uh, it's also what the Big 12 did with protected rivalries. Uh, they didn't protect as many as I thought they would in the Big 12, but they, you know, I think um, I think it's kind of the best case. Like, you want 
to have those, you know, for television, having, you know, Virginia Tech and Miami play each other every year is good. Having Florida State Clemson, Florida State Miami play each other every year, like, it makes sense. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, Virginia kind of, you know, next year won. I think, uh, our, our uh, you know, David Cunningham did a graphic of, like, mileage and uh, Virginia's uh, traveling the least next year. It's like under 8,000 miles compared to like, or not eight, under, under 800 miles. 800 miles compared to like Tech, who's going like 5,000. Yeah, I mean, granted, Tech has Miami every year, and I think that's on the road next year. Or 3,000, 3,600 3, for Tech, 812 for Virginia. It's Miami that has to go 5,275. Yeah, I mean, but if you think about it geographically, Miami is way at the bottom tip of Florida. Syracuse is in upstate New York. Obviously, the two West Coast schools that make up the all coast. Conference, formerly known as the Atlantic Coast we, Conference. Those schools... Are we taking are, a trip to Stanford next year? You know, it's quite possible, Trey, especially if we get a later afternoon game. Uh, we may be pulling the red eye out at uh, at the airport in Roanoke, or our friends at Roanoke Blacksburg Regional Airport, and finding out which flight could get us there most effectively Well, if next we timed year. it up right, you know, the race, it, like if it's race, you know, championship weekend in Phoenix, we go... Stanford, and then on our way back, we loop, hit Phoenix, and then we, you know. Trey, I, you know, we'll be jet-setting a lot, and we may be as red-eyed as, well, the Virginia Tech maroon, if you will, but hey, it's worth a hey, shot. It's so, Orange Bowl revenge game. That's what I called it. We have to monitor that situation fairly regularly, similar to how we've monitored plenty of other headlines. We're going to get into the weeds on NASCAR after our chat with Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com, and then we'll talk more on the ACC scheduling because you've weighed in. We have heard plenty of different thoughts that you shared with us. We're grateful for that, of course. Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are way overdue for getting to some of your feedback and discussions here in the fast lane. And we appreciate it and are glad that you still keep chiming in, even when we don't get a chance to get to them all here in the show right as they come off the press. But you know, a lot of these are topics that can continue to be brought up and it just creates a fun general conversation. So we thank you for that. And yes, I'm going to toot our own horn here in the fast lane and say that when we get the chance to get guests like Mike Young and Kenny Brooks, Virginia Tech basketball, Coach Mox and Tony Bennett, UVA basketball, or other great guests like Luke Hancock, his coach at Hargrave, Lynchburg native Kevin Keats of NC State, or Luther Campbell, all of whom were in the fast lane last week. You know, at some point, we want to take advantage of those opportunities because here's a little secret that you might have figured out here in the fast lane. While we enjoy a show like the Rich Eisen Show, which is noon to three on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, We don't exactly have the cachet that that show has to be able to say, no, 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 no. We're going to stagger them at different points in times. We love them. We appreciate the great guests, but we want, and we want to bring you their insight and have great conversations when there are a lot of cool, great, big name, locally relevant guests. And some of them may not be nationally known, but like Damien Sordolet of newsadvance.com yesterday with Damien Sordolet, excuse me, with Trey, excuse me, Roanoke.com, Freudian slip there. And then, of course, Ahmad Hawkins, former UVA wide receiver tomorrow in the fast lane. We go all over. So we give guests a lot of priority in the fast lane. Oh, so I got to I got to be uh, I got to be ready for tomorrow based off the last conversation we had with Hawk. You know, you might have to, Trey. And, you know, even I'm going to have to be ready because, you know, he's had to serve some STHU juice up to me. And now I got to I got to take a little sip of that tomorrow when he comes back into the fast lane. But all of that means we have omitted your feedback for far too long. So after Ben Cates and after we get into the weeds on NASCAR, we'll get to a lot 
of your feedback. But it's time for other topics to address right now in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Somewhere in the Hill City, maybe 24 hours after Trey's properly uh, committing and mentioning my visceral Monday night, Tuesday morning scream when the Sixers finally dumped James Harden, sending him to the LA Clippers. About 24 hours later, the Las Vegas Raiders made changes. Out, they get rid of their general manager, and they get rid of their head coach, Josh McDaniels. In is interim head coach Antonio Pierce. Yes, he of the New York Giants and Washington Commanders. And yes, he the guy that is competitive enough that apparently he was uh, a major part of Arizona State trying to smuggle recruits in during COVID restrictions when Herm Edwards was the coach down in Tempe. But Antonio Pierce, interim head coach, Champ Kelly, interim general manager for the Raiders. Trey, Mike Vrabel is the lone exception to this, but... How many times have we seen people come from the Belichick tree and struggle to implement the same Belichick philosophy, which is, I mean, look, Bill Belichick can do it because he's Bill Belichick, but it's kind of an old school philosophy to the point of not connecting with the modern athlete. And that is a fine line in this day and age where athletes have more power than they ever have. Not the same level, certainly in the NBA, but more power than they ever have. I think Antonio Pierce actually could correct that for the Raiders. And boy, wouldn't it be ironic if they make a run with him and they're in a similar spot to where they were a couple of years ago with Rich Rich, Rich Basaccia. And boy, did the Raiders get a nice dose of karma for not keeping Basaccia around. He who had to navigate the Mayock and especially John Gruden mess. Yes, it's another chance for me to poke fun at the guy that people thought was like John Madden, even though he was never nearly as good as John Madden. Uh, that being John Gruden, RIP the great John Madden, of course. But you know, Basaccia weathered the ship and got that team to the playoffs. And within a late drive of beating the eventual AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. And Mark Davis thought they were too good for the special teams coordinator promoted interim head coach. So they got rid of him. And the quarterback. And get rid of the quarterback. And instead, they couldn't find the right quarterback, couldn't find the right head coach. And now it's a mess out there with the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm shocked you're not proposing this theory. What? I mean, it's the two-for-one special. What two-for-one special? Fire away. You, You hire... Your man. Oh, Michael Coach Lombardi. Pri- no. Oh. Coach Prime. I don't think they're going to hide Mike, Michael Lombardi because they just fired his son. Um, uh, but uh, Doubtful that happens. Just saying. Uh, but you hire Coach Prime, and then who do you draft? You need to draft a quarterback. You, you know, you've already won enough where you might not get a top two pick, but you might be able to get the third quarterback in the draft. And who would that be? It would be Drake May, North no, Carolina. Third oh, quarterback. Shador Sanders. Third quarterback. I'm talking about yes, the third quarterback. Uh, yes. Thank so, you, Trey. You threw go. a little curveball for me. Shot Shador they've won enough and games. Coach Prime. Think about this. They've already won like three games. So and they, you know, think about the Packers are going to be up there. Um, so they and they beat the Packers. So they're not going to be, you know. So I'm just telling you. I mean, look, it's a possibility, and boy, that would be a lot of fun. Coach Prime with the Raiders. What could possibly go wrong? I don't it think would, that's the college coach that's going to take this job. No, you mentioned a college coach that could take this job. Congrats, I think Connor Bears, Stallions. Whatever you've learned by stealing signs, you can actually do in the NFL. So get ready for it. Yeah, that's the comic 
comical part about that, which is a whole different can of worms. Speaking of the NFL and news that took place yesterday, the Washington Commanders is making two trades. Defensive end Montez Sweat to Chicago for a second round pick. Chase Young to San Francisco for a third round pick. I don't get this at all from the Chicago Bears standpoint for Montez Sweat. He's a really good defensive end. But you're mortgaging future assets, giving up what is basically a really, really late second round pick, early, excuse me, really, really late first round pick, because it's going to be a high second that Washington gets back for trading out Montez Sweat. But why would you do a one-year rental if you're the Chicago Bears? Sweat was good in Washington. And if you're talking about the guys that have actually lived up to their billing as first round picks in the same draft class, it's clear Montez Sweat has done more than Chase Young. More on him momentarily. But Montez Sweat to Chicago for a team that has no real hopes of winning right now? Why are you mortgaging future assets when you need all the assets you can get for a guy that if you keep him around after this, you have to pay big money towards and instead you could have just waited until the offseason after someone else gave up the precious draft capital and you get a chance to sign him to a big deal contract and keep the draft pick. If it's a team like San Francisco, I get a trade like this. You're on the precipice of being a contender for the Super Bowl. One more pass rusher is a phenomenal move. But for Washington, what are you doing? Which bleeds, excuse me, for Chicago. What are you doing? Which bleeds us into... Number three. In the aforementioned Chase Young going to San Francisco for a third round pick. Trey, you hit the nail on the head with Ty yesterday in the Fast Five at Five-ish. But for San Francisco, this is basically an extra pass rush. A guy with a lot of upside who never really materially reached that in Washington. But now is going to an environment with more pass rushers, more players that may get double teamed like Eric Armstead and Javon Kin. Excuse me, Eric Armstead, maybe Kinlaw, but certainly Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave inside. And Bosa, of course, one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL on the outside. Young will get chances to shine right here. It may set him up for a big contract, probably not with San Francisco, but the Niners are going to get back a third round pick. Granted, it's a year later, but I mean, heck, waiting a year for that third round pick if you're San Francisco for a guy that may be able to get you to the Super Bowl and be an extra piece and an extra asset, I completely get it. And from Washington's perspective, kudos to them for realizing that by the time they get the right infrastructure in place, they would not be in a spot where having Chase Young on a much bigger contract or Montez Sweat on a bigger contract would be worth the while for this franchise. Do they still need to add defensive ends in the upcoming offseason? Absolutely. Are they going to need to upgrade that in the future? Sure. But you've already committed big money on the inside. They have issues, obviously, on the offensive line. Their secondary, for as much as they've invested in it, has its concerns. And who knows what the new coaching staff is likely going to want to implement whenever they come into this franchise. 100% this is a smart move for the Washington Commanders to make this change. Wait, you think a, a, a coaching staff change is going to happen at the end of this year? I, I am shocked. You know, Trey, it's really, really hard to have ever foreseen that coming. Number two. It is so ironic. But the wireless dome up in Syracuse, whose name we won't officially mention because they're not a sponsor of ours, they have said that wireless service will not be ready for the upcoming basketball season at Syracuse and that the equipment delays, quote, have caused the latest change, end quote, to the estimated timeline, which aim to improve cellular experience of customers in the area by mid-October. 
How ironic is this the case? But it goes to another point that we heard from a lot of Virginia Tech fans that has been issued particularly more often when they lose football games, not when they win. But that is the fact that there is wireless service issues. There are wireless issues in Blacksburg on game day. And that being something that needs to be improved to enhance the fan experience at a place like that. I am 100% on board that you've got to find a way to do this. Back when wireless carriers sponsored NASCAR's Cup Series, they were able to enhance the quality of cell phone service at the NASCAR venue to the point where it made for a much more enjoyable fan experience in Martinsville and Richmond and in other areas in the NASCAR world. I bring that up to say it's doable to enhance the cell signal or the Wi-Fi hotspot capabilities in places like Blacksburg, Charlottesville, uh, Liberty. You know, it's great, but it also doesn't attract the same volume of people as those venues. And Liberty's had really good cell service, I would say, for football and basketball games. So I don't think the complaint is nearly as prevalent there. But it's something that's almost a necessary thing, especially if you want to keep the students engaged at a game for a long period of time, in, including when games are out of hand, giving them self-service. Okay, I can complain all I want and think it's ridiculous that people are on their cell phones way too much. But at some point, the customer's always right. And it's important to remember that. And number one on the Fast Five at According to Michael Offord, who continues to find a way to keep himself out in the public space as the athletic director at Florida State, he has said, quote, this by way of Sports Business Journal, I don't think it's an option because of scheduling and everything that comes along with that and where media contracts are right now, end quote. The it in it's an option from Michael Offord via SBJ Sports Business Journal is being a football independent. That is not deemed to be a true option for Florida State. Um, look at Liberty University and why they went away from being an independent. It became harder and harder to properly put a schedule together. And yes, we can sit here and look at Liberty's schedule being relatively easy. It's one of the softest, weakest, non weakest total strength of it's schedules the weakest in, the in college football this year. And next year, even though App State comes onto the schedule, it is not expected to be boosted substantially. It will in the future. But Liberty had to juggle things so often as an independent. They didn't have a guaranteed set of games on which they could bank like they do now in Conference USA. It's a lesson you can look at for Florida State and why when their athletic director says independence is not a true option, look no further than at Liberty University when they had issues putting a football schedule together, especially as they started picking up success in football. Now, Florida State's different from a brand standpoint, but you're cobbling things together if you are FSU. Let's be honest. They want to get out and go to the Big Ten, to the SEC, or to a conference that's basically half the ACC and eliminates the dead weight, but features the other six schools in the Magnificent Seven and maybe another brain enhancer or two to boost the profile of that conference. That is the ultimate goal. That's why Michael Offord, the FSU Athletic Director, is speaking out and keeping his name in the spotlight. And there is your Fast Five at five -ish. When we return in the Fast Lane, Ben Cates, NewsAdvance.com. We'll look ahead to the final week of the regular season in high school football, including the big matchup that we will have for you on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Plus, we've got plenty of thoughts. You mean the WIQ app? Uh, the WIQ app. Thank you. We will have plenty of thoughts coming up.
on NASCAR as we have to get into the weeds on that. And yes, you've shared your thoughts. We are grateful for them, so we will get to those. All of that's still to come. This is the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. For real.